Blog Talk Radio. K-Rod Radio, and this is Patty Holstrand, and yes, we are on live, and I know I've been been a little bit of a hiatus. Too many things to do, too many things, places to be, too many things to see. You know how it is. Well, if you don't, well, then you should, like, take a look at my calendar. <laughs> Literally, let's take a look at the calendar. Uh, this weekend, we're going to be out at the Kingman Kabam Book Festival, and that is obviously in Kingman. So, Kabam, Kingman Book Festival, and that is right in the park there on the, uh, right off of the Beale Highway there. And it's going to be a full day on Saturday from 10 in the morning until 4 in the afternoon. Uh, K-Wad's out there, Arizona Publishing's out there. We have three spaces, including one space that we have our um, energy renewal uh, trailer that uh, Donald Jox is bringing to coordinate with his book, of course, uh, and and how to get us into space and and how we can survive, uh, you know, the everything going on up there. But you know, get us into space, and that's the whole point. Uh, his book will be there, and he will be there. Uh, he'll have the renewable energy trailer there, and you will see. Um, how someone who is living on the moon can possibly live in the small quarters and uh, being able to uh, survive. So it's all about survival and it's all about moving out into space. And so we got one space that's going to be just for that. And then, of course, we've got uh, you got a radio show going on uh, sometime during the day. <laughs> sometime, whenever I actually plug in, I actually do it and make sure that my uh, we don't have Wi-Fi out there. We'll definitely be doing... Uh, a show either taped uh, ahead of time and then and then run it on I don't know Monday or uh, or something we'll figure it out because you know what that's how we deal here we just fly by the seat of our pants. Also, just to let you guys remember, hey, you know what? Space Access Conference is this weekend. It's uh, you know it's Thursday through Sunday, and that is. At Radisson Hotel, Phoenix North. So, Space Access Conference, and then also on also on Saturday. You know, we can't forget this free comic book day. Free comic book day. And I've had a lot of people ask me questions about that lately because they didn't. I didn't know about free comic book day. I mean, where have they been? But free comic book day is about certain particular comic books that are free from the publishers and that are bought purchase at a discount, of course, uh, in order to be able to facilitate all this, but still the stores buy these comic books so that way you guys can partake and have free comic books uh, and being able to understand this, that this is not just a book, this is a an art form. So that's the whole point of Free Comic Book Day is the awareness of community. And then, of course, on Sunday night, we have our next space show with Alan Joe. Always thought the fun. What else is coming up? Man Monster Phoenix in 8th and 9th. I mean, is this crazy times or what? And then the World Horror Convention is in Georgia. So you can't forget all this stuff. This international radio we're talking on here, so we got to talk about all the cool stuff coming up. Obviously, we've got the Building a Dream Convention, which is the Romance Group. Dream and Romance Convention on the 28th through the 31st, and how can we forget Phoenix Comic Con? We can, obviously. So that's the 28th through the 31st as well. It's going to be absolutely nuts that weekend. And it'll be a very good um, Memorial Weekend. Uh, of course, we have our, our we have our Hey Girl show. It's going to be earlier this time because of Memorial Day. I think actually they got that wrong since this weekend, but Hey, we're going to go ahead and do it the 18th because that's when they're, uh, we roll with it, you know what I'm saying? 
And of course, we've got books coming up. So, you know, you guys got to be aware of all the new books coming out. So we've got at least four new books coming out in May, uh, for Arizona Publishing. And of course, uh, now that, now KWAD is underneath the banner with Juan Media is also underneath AZ Publishing. So, I'll be aware of all that. So today, we're going to talk about a brand new book that came out just a few months ago, Conspiracy Rising by Simon Driscoll. And this is just a crazy book because we're talking about uh, Warriors and Watchmen and mainstream thriller about the end times prophecies and how it surrounds current events. And if that's not enough to scare you, you know, it's not even a horror we're talking about here. It should be. Uh, We've got some... We're going to be talking to him and... Uh, He's got a second book already coming out in May. Uh, Just in time for Phoenix Comic Con. So this is advantageous for us to talk to Mr. Driscoll right now. And let's just check to see if he's in here. I see him. Hey, are you there? Hello, Simon. I'm hearing somebody. Simon. Well, there's no more whole time. 7225. And we're not hearing you. So I'm going to turn on chat just so that way everybody knows. So you turn on chat and be able to ask questions. Uh, also, if you um, are not hearing us, which is how would you be able to tell us you're not hearing us, but. Let's just say that you know the show's running, and uh, this is definitely on the air, and you just can't get your question call. You're trying to call in, and it's not coming in. I let you know your chat. Not hearing guest. I'll get fixed in a moment. So just hang on, people. Let's try this again. I'm going to take it and mute it and then come back up again. Give it a couple seconds. Okay, let's try this again. Hey, Simon. I'm not hearing you. So, <laughs> I tell you what, let's put you on. I'm going to give a. I'm going to put us both on hold. And I'm going to get a. We're going to do a uh, a spot here, a little ad, and we'll be right back. KWAD Radio. Come on out to the Hey Girls Americana Radio Show, hosted by Song River and Carol Pacey of Carol Pacey and the Honey Shakers. All coming to you live on KWOD Independent Internet Radio, broadcasting from the Ice House Tavern in Phoenix, Arizona. All sound recorded and mixed by Vintage Note Records. Come on out, check out the show, and then visit the website at blogtalkradio.com backslash KWOD radio. We'll see y'all out there. And we're back. Let's try this one more time. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, can you hear me now? There, there we are. Good. Good. I'm going like I'm going like. Okay, this is not. I can't hear you. <laughs> could you hear me? I could hear you, but I don't know why my equipment wasn't working. Ah, well, you know that's technology for you. That's it. It's just not quite working right, or just you know that's how it is. So hey, we're here, and that's all that matters. That's right. That's right. So I gave you an intro. Uh, you know, you've got your first book out, and that came out in February. And uh, and that you were just a crazy man with the writing, and already have the second book already being coming out in this month in May. So uh, I know it's not quite the end of month in April, but you know I'm always looking ahead. So um, 
<laughs> you just you are, are just nuts with the writing, and it's uh, it's really showing. It's it's really action packed, and you know uh, I have to say though that it's pretty scary stuff that you're writing here. Uh, you've got you've got your end time prophecies going on along in coordination with the current events. But before we get into that, I want to explain to everybody. Simon Driscoll is. You know, this is his first book of this particular in this particular series. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. I grew up in Colorado. I've been a member of the church my whole life, and that has inspired my interest in prophecies. I have studied them from multiple perspectives, from multiple religions. And I have been writing my whole life. Writing has always been my first passion. So I have, I have written first book in series, and I want to create a new image with this book. So I've We're getting some uh, clipping here of your of your audio. Are you talking on the phone, or are you talking to talking through a mic? I'm talking through a, a tablet is what I have right now. Ah, okay. I was using a microphone, it wasn't working. And it wasn't working? Huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can you go into a separate room and possibly call us back that way? Oh, wait a minute. I can your tablet's on your, the, the tablet is what you're calling from, right? Yes. Okay. If, if, you need me to find a, if you need me to find it. Alternative? <laughs> let me let me find another way to call back in. Give me a few minutes. I'm sorry. Okay. Because it's clipping. It's like I'm hearing half of your word. Okay. I will call back. I'm sorry. Okay. I'll wing it. <laughs> So we'll be right back with with Simon. In the meantime, I'm going to talk a little bit about his book and uh, this totally embarrassing when he actually comes back on. But uh, I have to say that you know I read his first book, and um, I, I'm I already going through his, his second book for him. And I, <laughs> you know, uh, and then you watch you watch more often. Uh, you watch what's going on in the uh, current events when you read this kind of story. It's kind of like, to me, reminds me a lot of Robert Ludlum's work uh, and the speed and action and you've got your characters that are having to deal with things that, you know, obviously in current events. And so you've got some espionage and you've got a family who is who is uh, having to deal with all these changes in, in the world and watching the signs of the times and, and is, is able to, to witness things that are progressing pretty, really, really fast at this one point. And um, getting us all to World War III. And it just could happen so easily uh, when you see things from you know, Korea, some issues with Korea, and you see issues with Russia. And so you never know. So let's see, see if we have this one here. Are you there? Yes, I'm here now. Okay. Okay. It sounds like it sounds like better. I think the problem is that you know, Mike. Yeah, it sounds a lot better. Is that always just like you, you hear half the word, and I, I'm like, you know, like I know what you're saying, but <laughs> but it is irritating for others. So we were talking about yeah. how easily, how easily. Uh, Things could progress uh, with things going on with Korea and things going on with Russia. It was so easy for me to see how we could very well get to the point where you have in your book, which is moving towards World War Three. And so it just it really, honestly, any one thing could happen. But we were talking, yes, I was looking at kind of giving everybody a little more cue of uh, what to expect from your book. Uh, and of course, said uh, I've already read your first book, and uh, reading through your second uh, 
it's just you know obviously not done yet, but um, but definitely reading through it and letting you know, everybody know, hey, this is something definitely to uh, read and understand. Um, so you grew up in Colorado, and you've been writing pretty yeah. much all your all your life. And I I yeah. do understand you wrote you've been writing some other materials. Now, what made you want to get into something this heavy? This is the series that I've always wanted to write. And the other works that I have done were to help me develop as a writer because I didn't want to do this series at the level of writing that I was at five years ago. So I took the time to write other books to give myself experience. And, you know, this is funny how you you say that because uh, so many authors come to me and they think that, you know, their first book is God's gift to, you know, the word. And they think that this is golden and you've got to publish this because, you know, this came out of me kind of thing. But honestly, and I've had this said to me to uh, several uh, uh, publishing professionals uh, in the course of the years, that your first writing adventure is not always your breakthrough book. And what they mean by breakthrough is the one that actually is good enough to not only publish, but to get some notoriety and get some fans. What do you think about that? I can understand that. I think that I learned so much in writing and self-publishing my first book that the second book I wrote was so much better. And yet it wasn't until that one had been published, self-published, that I decided to sit down and start writing Conspiracy Rising. I knew that I had come to a point where I could handle this series. It's more complex than the than the other books I have written. And so I finally felt ready to do it. Yes, I would say so. And, you know, I would think that you had to go through an awful lot of uh, research in order to get this thing done. I know that you've written, uh, obviously, you also included a lot of your endnotes um, where you found a lot of this research. So how did you, I mean, how long did that take you to do that? Well, it depends on whether you consider it a life journey or whether you look at just the time that I specifically started collecting information. I mean, the the first thing I had to do was read the Bible from cover to cover. And then... Mm-hmm. In the last several years, I have read other books. I found some that were very valuable in source material and collecting multiple sources into one place. I've also scoured the Internet looking for prophecies from different cultures, gathering it into one place. I didn't start actually writing and come up with the names of Brian Benson and Gideon Shumway until 2013. But it took me a year and a half, once I had a character name, to get book one to the point where it could begin editing. And this is, you know, what you were talking about being a life journey. Uh, that's something that you have so many writers right now, uh, and for the last, just last few years with the, you know, the venture of ebook, they're always in such a hurry. It's like, I, you know, uh, I've got to get this out, like, next week. And I'm going, like, well, why? <laughs> you know. So, you know, it, it's not like the, you know, the readers are going anywhere. So why are you in such a hurry to get it done and out there? Because, well, i got to make money. Well, that's the wrong way, the reason to actually do this. So uh, I think a lot of it is, because we're talking about being a writer, and 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 you said as you said, being a lifelong learner of how to actually write. Uh, I'd have to say between book one and two that you definitely have you can see the progression of of your understanding of not only your book, but also of the writing in general. So, you know, one question to you would be, what do you suggest other people to do? Uh, Maybe, you know, obviously to me, I have my own things I tell them, but what would you tell them if they wanted to write? 
Well, the first thing, the best advice I've ever heard is if you want to be a writer, take two aspirin. And if you still want to be a writer the next day, then, okay, <laughs> you sit down and you write every single day. People yeah. who are true writers, they have this pressure from inside to get the message out. It's something that you do whether or not you get paid for it. It's something that you fill your free time with. But the mm-hmm. key is to practice, practice, practice. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I know that Neil Gaiman had said that if you're not reading and writing, then you're you should not be a writer. So <laughs> it makes perfect sense to me, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, yeah, he's just matter of fact. <laughs> so let's talk about specifically yeah. conspiracy rising. Uh, if you're going to suggest what that is about exactly, what would it be? Well, the short answer is I took current events and I analyzed ancient prophecy. And if I apply ancient prophecy to current events, we get a look at the near future. I had to skip over a couple of prophecies because I was concerned that I wouldn't get the book published before they happened. Mm -hmm. So far, they haven't happened yet, but there are a couple of prophecies that I believe will happen before you see the events of Conspiracy Rising come forward. Hmm. I can I can see a lot of it too, and again, you know, I think that what your book does do is make us more aware of what's you know our foreign policy and things that are going on in the world around us. Yes, I had <laughs> the ex- I still have the experience of writing a scene, and a few days or a week later, I see something in the news that shows me how close I am to a possible future reality. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I mean. It, it's, you know, talk about fiction being scarier than reality. Uh, <laughs> they get just too, too close to a match sometimes. But before we end them on more, I want to let everybody know that we do have a call number, 714-242-5145. The guest call number, yes, it's not an 800 number, so if you have a cell phone, it, it won't cost you anything, but if you have a landline, it will. 714-242-5145. If you have any questions for Simon or about his book or about his writings, definitely give us a call now. Uh, chat is also open, so if you don't want to call and just want to ask questions, you can go ahead and write it in. That's just directly below the information about the actual show. That you're listening to right this very moment. So we're on live, and that's how we that's how we do things. Now, when you you're inspired by to write conspiracy rising, uh, what inspired you to do this? I felt the need to help the world prepare for the second coming, and I've been given, I believe, a gift of understanding prophecy. My my books, this series, the Warriors and Watchmen series, is my attempt to translate my understanding of these prophecies into something that most of the world can understand so that they are not as mysterious as most people think of when they think of Isaiah and his prophecies, but to put them in a language that people can understand, which this format is a novel format. Hmm. Yeah, sometimes I I find that you know it's easier to go down like kind of like a pill. You kind of take it with something that doesn't quite taste as bad. If you put <laughs> if you put it in uh, fiction, if you put it in fiction format, does it make that pill go down fast uh, easier? And I think sometimes that's the case. What do you well, think I about that? I would say that's the. I would say that many authors have done that, especially with religion. Um, C.S. Lewis did the Chronicles of Narnia, and he put a lot of religious tones into it, but it's a children's mm-hmm. fantasy novel. Yeah, so and he got away with putting, 
Yeah, he did. <laughs> well, Sherry, it really kind of surprised me because they actually, uh, it was really interesting that they actually included that tone in the, in the movies as well. Yes, I was pleased to see that. It tells me that the director of the films understood the true nature, uh, true, true purpose of the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. Yeah. And it would have been really sad if they if it wouldn't have included those particular, yeah, obviously, slants towards a particular writing. So if you were going to... Uh, Talk about let's talk about your writing and say what would you be your greatest strength as a writer right now? My greatest strength as a writer, I would say, is my creativity, the ability to have a lot of characters and make them all have depth rather than mm-hmm. be uh, flat characters that don't change, that are just car- cardboard cutouts of true people to make each character alive in the mind of the reader. Yeah. I would say that you definitely have a grasp on uh, making the characters different um, and giving them a lot of depth and, and actually making us truly care about them. <laughs> Which is going to be, you know, for those who like Game of Thrones, it's probably going to scare the crap out of them. But... <laughs> It's like, okay, is he going to kill these people? Do I really want to love them? Do, you know, <laughs> after all, you know, you're, you're, you're dealing with some pretty heavy stuff here. And, uh, you know, when we're getting into World War Three and, and beyond, um, you know you're going to have to lose some characters. And so, it's you know, it's, fiction authors are no longer, uh, fiction ra- or readers no longer uh, <laughs> trust authors anymore. Uh, <laughs> thanks to a certain certain author yeah. who likes to kill all of his, all of his characters. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know we talk about that. We talk about that all the time during the conventions. Is is like okay, um, we understand killing. You know, quite a, you know, when you have to. I mean, you can't go through a story, especially with a war, and not have injury and you know and death. Uh, that's going to eventually become uh, going to happen here. Although we're, you know, I have my favorites, and so I sure hope there's certain favorites are not going to be. Um, <laughs> we're not going to lose them, but um, I have to say that in the first book we really followed a character that really didn't have religion, even though he was. You know, his story kind of started uh, in right outside of a church. So let's talk a little bit about. Benson, and um, and his story arc. So Brian Benson is the main, I consider him to be the main character of book one. He has anger issues. He's got trouble with his father. His mother mm-hmm. has passed away, and he feels that his father has never gotten over it. So yeah, when and his plus child he, is born... Yeah. Yeah, when his child is born, it really helps him overcome those anger issues, and gives him a new sense of life and purpose. So when his wife and child are taken away from him by a suicide bomber, his whole world is shattered, and he has to find a new purpose in life. Which you know, um, maybe not to that extreme in violence, of course, obviously. But a lot of us do go through some pretty heavy stuff, and so we have to find ways around it. So this is really uh, a good art for him and uh, and his journey. <laughs> you can't agree. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 he, he does have a good arc. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't sense a question. <laughs> No, no, but you can disagree, and we can move on from there. Um, so we're talking about prophecy, and we're talking about the current events. Um, 
why do you think that prophecies are important for us? As you know, not only obviously not only now, but obviously in the in the past. I'm sorry, the question got a little. Can you repeat it? The question. The question is why are prophecies important? Not only now, but from the past. Prophecies are given so that we understand that God is in control. He has told us that there will be many dark days ahead as he prepares the world for the return of Jesus Christ. And if we didn't know that God had planned out all those dark days, it would make it a lot more difficult to continue believing in him as we live through them. He's also given us a path for personal peace and safety if we're willing to understand the purposes and to follow what he asks us to do. Yeah, that, you know, I, I know that a lot of people would have um, questions about that, you know, uh, if they don't believe or don't have enough faith, uh, they would think that it, uh, this would be something, well, you know, can't we consider dark times to be something in the past? I mean, heaven knows that history has shown plenty of dark times. What makes that dark time different than what we are expected to come up? Coming, obviously coming soon. Well, the prophecies, let's see, prophecies speak of a change in the times going from times when wars help the spread of the gospel to a time when wars destroy the people who have refused the gospel. It talks about that in terms of wars of preparation versus wars of destruction. And I believe we're on the verge of the wars of destruction, which once they begin, they won't end. There will be continual world war until the millennium of peace truly begins. Hmm. And I know that you're planning on this being a series, a Warriors and Watchmen series. Uh, what made you want to call a Warriors and Watchmen, and what can we expect coming up here? Warriors and Watchmen describes two kinds of people. There's those who watch and give warning, and then there's go, those who go forth and do battle. You can be a warrior of light or a warrior of darkness. You can be someone who watches for the good or someone who watches for the evil. But it's a question of whether you're passive or active in terms of these prophecies. In Book 2, Fruits of the Shadow, we see World War III finally hit the scene in full force, and we have the different countries aligned according to prophecy with the so-called followers of Buddha and Muhammad versus the so-called followers of Christ. And I use those terms because there's an indication these people don't truly follow the teachings of those people, they only claim to, but in their heart is hatred and darkness. Yeah, we won't want to say, um, because I will be giving a lot of way, I think. <laughs> uh, I know who you're talking about, and, and it is, it's not really a surprise of words coming out of, because you know, after all, I, I was at religion once upon a time. Uh, and there's always been a lot of power and so, you know, I've always believed that power corrupts absolutely, and when it comes to religion and the church, I think even more so. Yes, when you hold the power over people between them and God, that is a different kind of power than whether you can yeah. take away their property or their life. Yeah, I think it's a lot more personal. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's, without again, I don't, I don't want to say too much more than that because I definitely don't want to give that particular part away. Um, we get more show into it in book two, but uh, definitely by the end of book one, you, I think everyone will be, you know, didn't see it coming, they're going to be very surprised. And 
you know, but then if they would think about it, that should make sense, and it has to go this way. Um, so, how many books are you planning on putting into this end time series? When I first sketched it out, I guessed there would be about a dozen books, and already the first two books have taken me three books to write because there's so much information, and I need to make it entertaining as well. So it yeah, may stretch that. well beyond 12 <laughs> books. Just so everyone knows, I'm also including the I included the overall uh, website for Simon Driscoll at Grendelman, so it's driscoll.grendelman.com. Uh, it's also clickable right there on the chat information. Uh, also, since we were talking about Fruits of the Shadow with Book 2, which is going to be out at the end of uh, end of May in time for Phoenix Comic Con. We'll be talking about conventions here in a few minutes. Um, also, just now putting up the actual series connection for Conspiracy Rising. So what, what's the difference between the book one and two, basically? The difference between the first two books. The first book takes an introduction of where we are today or where we will be tomorrow, I suppose, and takes you up to the doorstep of World War Three. World War Three hasn't officially started at the end of, of book one, but by the time book two gets rolling and at the end of book two, you've got World War Three is going on and there's, there's a, other conflicts that are rising and different other plots going on. Plus, I introduce a new main character for book two, and that is uh, Princess Soraya, who is a... Let's see. She's the princess, the daughter of the pretender to the throne of Iran. So she's a Muslim, and she's been living in captivity her whole life, surrounded by these terrorists, and yet she has her own inner strength that she uses to get through her difficulties. And for those who get book one, you will see the first, uh, or see particular character uh, introduction uh, at the end of book one. Yeah. And that way they can get what they're advertised for the next one. <laughs> Which is what I like to do. Okay, I'm going to ask you a serious question. And it's not something I didn't probably uh, prepare you for. But because of the climate of, you know, something that could very well happen, uh, fiction, you know, because this is going to actually come up in my mind, and actually I talk about this once in a while, is that um, fiction authors have a tendency to get things right. That things do happen that way, like science fiction authors, for instance, for years and decades have been able to actually write and actually have their fingers on the pulse of what actually could happen, and winds up do they wind up actually happening uh, in the future? Um, and then I see a conspiracy rising with the current events and what could possibly happen. And I'm not going to give this away, but in book two, certain mega scene happens, and I'm thinking we certainly don't want to give these people any ideas. <laughs> So, uh, and then I often wondered about this, you know, uh, being a reader of uh, this particular genre of espionage and and obviously things that can happen. Um, Does that worry you that you might be giving, I mean, them ideas or you think that, you know, honestly, they probably already have these ideas? This happened. When when it comes to that, the the ideas that have, been put into book two, they come from either straight from me or from prophecy. So either those ideas are already out there or one person made them up just thinking about what might happen. If terrorists wanted to do their worst, they would have a team of people thinking up these things. And I highly doubt that I'm going to give them an idea that they couldn't come up with on their own. 
I don't you know, even detail plans of how to execute it. It just, just. Well, if we know, if we look at nine eleven, that's probably true. And you know, if you look back at nine eleven, um, you would probably find out that that's just like the case. I mean, the amount of planning that went into this that particular day had right. to have been year years in the making. Right. And, and there's you know, the event uh, yes. in book one. There's the event in book one where they destroy the church that had been under construction for 130 years, and right. that had been in the book. It had been years in the planning of on the side of the terrorists who destroyed her. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> uh, they they knew they were going to do that. Um, so it's a particular case if if they decide yes I'm gonna I'm, you know they may very well be planning that right this moment so how do you feel about that? <laughs> That's a little scary, there, huh? There are certain <laughs> yeah there are certain key phrases and titles of organizations that I purposely avoided because. If those organizations really do exist, I I don't want to I don't want them to be angry with me for portraying them wrong. And if they don't exist, then why would they belong in the book in the first place? So I, I have had a lot of people tell me, "Well, have you talked about this group, or did you talk about that?" And I don't know. I'm not putting that in my book. <laughs> I, it's, yeah, it's, you're not crazy. It's one of those scenes you're just an author. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, if one of those scenes came true, I would not feel responsible for putting the idea out there. I would say I took the idea that was already in the collective unconscious and just wrote it down. Hmm. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's something that I've thought about for other authors as well. So, uh, you know, if... And there's a lot of authors in the past. I mean, for a lot, Robert Ludlum's one of them. Um, uh, you know, again, there's so many of them that uh, they used to. Even one of them used to work for CIA. So, he, and he's now, you know, a mega author. So, uh, he had to consider uh, how much, you know, how much you actually want to give them. But you know, I then I watch, for instance, I watch uh, go on History Channel or. Uh, some of these other other cable channels, and and I see our military actually showing uh, quite a bit about some of our key uh, vehicles. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, wait a minute here. What are you guys doing? You know. Uh, but then I think, well, who's to say that they don't, you know, that our enemies don't already know? Uh, and so when I read your book, I realize that, you know, the enemies do already know. And, I believe they uh, do. Yeah. So it's just a matter of, you know, uh, you got to get more Ben Juniors out there, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> He's one yeah. of my favorite characters in your books. And... Um, can I certainly don't. It's like there are certain people, uh, and I, I think it's probably the case. Maybe we can talk about that. But heroes, you know, heroes are technically don't just spring up. They they have it. It's not that they they have something in them ingrained. It just happens that they automatically click in uh, when something happens. They just do it. Um. And man, we need more of those people. Uh, not thinking ahead of time, what will this do in my family? They just simply take action. Right. And I people think that you got a good firm. Do it. Yeah. And the thing is that they don't even consider is this the right thing to do. They just simply do it. It's an automatic indi- uh, indicator. Automatic. Uh, what am I word I'm looking for? Uh, mechanism inside of them. Yeah. And I think there's a whole lot of people out there who actually are that way. 
um, whether or not we choose one way or another. Yeah, yeah. As I said, I sure hope we have enough Ben Juniors out there to um, save all of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're there in the right, at, the, at the right moment in time, okay, uh, to see something yeah. or know just instinctively and just act on it. So uh, yeah, you 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 introduce us to quite a few more characters in book two, I think. Uh, and I would have to say that Brian Benson kind of took a second, kind of, kind of a step back. Well, and that's that's on purpose. It's not that he's going to remain a minor character or disappear. It's that his journey during book two is more personal and not as involved in world events. So he's not in the forefront. He's not the one pushing the action in book two. But he's right. more involved in book three than he is in book two. So he's in there, but not obviously. It, his arc... Um, <laughs> so without giving anything away, uh, end of book one, when you and I were going over this, uh, you had something happen, and I said, no, you can't do that, because you were considering killing <laughs> off Fran. And yes, I, I said, was. no, no, you can't do that. <laughs> and I'm glad you told me that. I really am. <laughs> because I, I said, his story is not done. He's got the most, I mean, if you killed him right that moment, uh, everything that happened to him would be like a bunch of bummer. <laughs> it, yeah, I, it, yeah. Eventually, something might have to happen to him. Obviously, but I didn't think that it was time yet because uh, and, you know, he just now gotten that point where he can possibly move forward in his life, and then he gets killed. Wow, what a bummer! <laughs> Right, but yeah. So um, yeah, I didn't want to give up too much way, people. But you have to read the second book to find out actually what happened. <coughs> you don't actually tell us. <laughs> so it, right, you have to read book like, two. Na 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 na. You guys have to. You guys are just gonna have to wait till there. But you know. Um, <laughs> I'm happy to know that, that, that you moved it so that way we won't know. Because I want there to be a question. Oh, my God, what happened to Brian? <laughs> right. <laughs> so it, it's exciting to see uh, the story. And it, <laughs> uh, sometimes I, I wish I didn't have anything else to do but read your stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I'm a blazer, but yeah, it is what it is, and 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 I'm enjoying what we got, um, in in a weird sick sense of <laughs> sense of the word, considering the uh, the material, considering the material, and um, I'm hoping that people, you know, and as as I said to you when we got this thing started, I said I hope that people actually do take your uh, your endnotes, you know, your reference material that you that you gave them, and go and find this stuff for themselves to to just say, you know, hey, I want to know for sure that what he's writing is true, and I want to know my point of view from it, and go back and look. Yes. And I'm sure yes. that's probably probably what you want in it as well. You want them to actually say, hey, I didn't, I'm not just going to take your word for it as an author. I want to go and find out for myself that this is true. Yes, I, I would want. Her. I do want that discussion to take place. Yeah. Yeah, and I can see that this I, is, uh, you know, going to be the case, and people are going to have questions. I would hope so. Yes, you please know. ask me questions. I have more answers than my books provide. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, that's the funny thing about that is um, another thing that authors try to do is just cram absolutely everything into, the, into that one book. 
you know. <laughs> it's like no, no, you know, you you re- you're going to read and you're going to you're going to research more than what you can possibly fit in the book. And and that's okay. Yeah. Because you know you yeah. Now, we're down to 9 minutes and I wanted to make sure that we got certain things like how to find you. Um I did put obviously the information but go ahead and tell us, you know, obviously on Facebook um, and obviously on your website, but tell us how to find you. I am online uh, on Facebook as Simon Driscoll. I have my website at driscoll.grendelman.com. You can order books directly from me there. You can also find the books on Amazon.com as well as azpublishingservices.com. I do respond to emails addressed to simon at grendelman.com. And on Facebook? That's On Facebook, so, I am Simon Driscoll. Yes. So there we go, guys. So I think that this is a powerful message that he's got and definitely a powerful story. And I'm looking forward to seeing the progression of it, and hopefully, hopefully it won't be uh, in my time. <laughs> but you know, uh, I have to say that you know when I considered um, having a child when I was uh, younger, not a bit younger, um, I had to consider whether or not I wanted to bring a child into this world, knowing that this may very well be the end times. And I knew that. I had a feeling. So yeah. uh, I said, well, yeah, it, you know, I often say, God has, uh, you know, he knows what he wants to do. And uh, even though I had a lot of trouble having children, I did finally have one who was the only one stubborn enough to stay in there long enough to actually be born. So there you go. <laughs> I, he had to be stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> And even more important was that I had to make sure he had a firm foundation in his faith. Uh, and that I did give him. So uh, as, a, as a mother and as, as a person of faith, I, I feel that's my job to have done that for him. Um, and it helps him to be able to handle the world because it's, it's you know, a harsh one. And if it's all come to pass, it's going to be... Um, even more so. So you're going to have to be prepared. And so this, I, I think this is probably one good way, fiction-wise, to be able to uh, inform people. You know, hey, watch out what's going on around you. I think a lot of people just, I, they put on blinders. And they get into this, things that really don't matter. And I'm not going to get into politics because, you know, man, I could get people really calling me if I do that. I'm not going to say anything specific, but there's some things going on right now that really don't really matter. You guys are getting all worked up over that when you got a lot of other things that are going on that you should be paying more attention to. Your own children fronts. <laughs> so that's my soapbox. And uh, I'm really excited to see what you've got coming up. And I know that you've got some other things uh, in the works um, what other, you know, I know you've got a, uh, another book that you're working on that's out of this particular series. You want to talk about that? Or are you ready? That one, current title, current title is The Genesis Project. It's a sci-fi, set, sci-fi book set in the far future where an AI race is trying to create a human interface so they create a race of cyborgs, and it's about how that cyborg race comes about. Which I'd have to say, you know, there's not enough science fiction, real science fiction out there, uh, as far as fiction goes. So I'm happy to see something come, in, come along that, that, you know, we can really sink our teeth into on that. Um, I, I know you've got something coming up, you know, because you, I keep you busy. <laughs> Uh, you're going to be with us in Cayman this weekend. Yes, I am. 
Yes, I am. So what do you let everyone know that hey, what what yeah, come on over to come on over to our booth because we've got like three spaces, everyone, and and we're we're just cramming full of books and possibilities. Okay, so he's you know Simon Driscoll's going to be there. His books are going to be there. Um, you can take pre-orders for Fruits of the Shadow. We're more than happy to take your money for that one. Um, and you know, definitely, yes. you got to get the conspiracy rising in your hands so you guys are prepared and get and just learn and have fun with this particular book because it's 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 a really well-written uh, and action-packed and it really moves along. So um, come on out and, and see us there. And I know you guys, you've got something else coming up. Obviously, you've got the second book coming, uh, Fruits of the Shadow. And that's going to be... I'm looking at our calendar here. I'm going to be at Phoenix Comic Con with the Fruits of the Shadow. Yay! So, <laughs> <laughs> book release will be the, the Wednesday before Phoenix Comic Con, so 27th. And... It will be, uh, and I don't even have the number of that particular space yet, but definitely get on. When I get that information, it will be on the information for you, and you'll be able to put it on your website and put it on everything. Promote the, promote the heck out of it. Um, and so, so we'll be there. Find me there. Yeah, exactly, because, I mean, it's a big place. <laughs> so you got to get this space. Okay? We'll know where we're at, we're going to be. 28th through the 31st, uh, Phoenix Comic Con. So come on out and visit. And uh, of course, you know, he'll have his own hours to actually do a book signing, but the books will be there the whole t- whole weekend for you to take a look at. Um, we might actually have something on, the, on May 9th, but um, I have to talk to you about it first. <laughs> uh, another invitation. So. Hey, let's talk briefly about your your uh, what you got coming up here. Your launch party. There's a. Well, yeah, you can start your. Well, we're at Gangplank. We're, I know you're at Gangplank, and that we're going. Oh, yeah. we're, I want to talk a little bit about that before the end of this year. So let's talk about On what June you 6th. have coming up there. Yeah. On June 6th, we have the Designing the Near Future or Designing Technology for the Near Future as a free public event. We've got several great speakers, some of which we're still working on. We've got the um, the head of product development at Local Motors who is using 3D printing to create carbon fiber materials in race cars, and he'll be talking about that. We have representatives from NASA and Boeing and Honeywell that we're trying to confirm. And where are you with Nothing. our SpaceX friends? Uh, well, don't again. We can't say that yet. <laughs> they haven't said okay. anything to me yet. So it'll be Gangplank okay. and Chandler. It'll be Gangplank and Chandler on Arizona Avenue from one to five. Okay, so we have a lot more information out very soon on that. With more details, yes. Obviously, so uh, we have sixty seconds. So let everybody know, you know, your last message for the for the day. Last message for the day. The best thing that happened to me was one of the readers came and said that the result of reading my book was that he got on his knees and prayed and improved his connection with God. If it does that, then the book is doing its job. Yeah, that's awesome. So with that, I want to say thank you so much for coming on and talking to us, and uh, and then we'll do it again real soon because you, you you're just a crazy man with these books. We got to get you on, Walton. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks so much, and uh, we're gonna say goodbye. Thank you. And we have 10 seconds, so this is KWOD Radio, and this is Patty Hillstrand signing out for the day. And you guys are going to hear more often. And again, uh, if you're going to be out in Kingman, come on over to our booth. Uh, I don't think there's any way you're going to miss us. We've got our own uh, trailer there um, with renewable energy and uh, talking about you know getting the space and actually uh, 
actually getting into space and doing things up there. So uh, all settling space, and so we've got the trailer to show how that can happen. So we are happy to be here, and KY Radio signing out for today. Guys, have a great rest of the week.